Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Schoenstatt Way of Life podcast. I am your host, Julia Manen, and author of the book, The World is Noisy, God Whispers. And this is the podcast for March of 2020. And it is with a very, very heavy heart that I am with you today. I am recording this podcast on Tuesday, March 17th, preparing it to go out to you, the listeners, on Covenant Day, March 18th. And here we are in the middle of Lent, and um, everything that we thought, expected, planned for, worked on at the start of this Lent has just totally been uprooted. And the Lord has dealt us a different hand, hasn't he? And so it is with a heavy heart that I come to you today. Yesterday was the announcement that um, from our bishops in the state of Ohio that all of our masses are going to be canceled until Easter. And even saying that to you, it's hard for me to get those words out of my mouth and to think about that. Um, I was actually, okay, first of all, I'm already tearing up. So if I cry on this podcast, just gonna have to bear with me. Um, I actually got that news. Oh my gosh, you guys are gonna listen to me cry this whole time. Okay, so I got that news. Holy cow, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm still here. I got that news. Um, yesterday when I was with a dear friend of mine, Father Sean Wilson, we had just recorded. Our new episode of a podcast we are doing together, the podcast is called Darting Through the Faith, and we are going through the catechism. Um, and by the way, if you're interested in watching watching that podcast or listening to it, it's actually a video podcast, so you can find it on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and search Darting Through the Faith, you'll find it. Um, but it's also on podcast apps, um, your favorite podcast apps, it, wherever you want to listen to it, you can just listen to the audio version. So we met yesterday afternoon <clears throat> to um, record that podcast, and after it was done, after we were all finished with it, he pulled out his phone and you could just see his face and he said, oh no. And so myself and um, the gentleman who produces the show were in the room and I said, what's going on? And he said, I'll just read the text. And so he read the text that all masses were going to be canceled through um, through Easter at least. And of course, um, all of our hearts sunk and he immediately asked us to pray. And so the three of us gathered and prayed. Um, for those of us who ultimately are being crushed by this. Oh my gosh, I had no idea it was going to... This, by the way, this is the first time I've cried since hearing this, so I don't know. My old priest used to say that tears were a sign of the Holy Spirit moving. If so, the Holy Spirit is moving in my office right now. Um, but anyway, we, we prayed not only for those souls who will be crushed because of the separation that we are going to experience from our Lord and the nourishment that we know we receive and the graces we receive by receiving his body and his blood. So we, of course, prayed for for those souls. And then he immediately followed that with a prayer for all of those who will not care. And that's the truth of the matter is that there's many, many people in the world who won't care, who this isn't even a blip on their radar, who cared more when the um, basketball tournaments or in the NCAA, you know, March Madness stuff was canceled than they will ever even remotely care about Catholic masses being canceled. And so that's the reality of the world we live in. That's the reality of the situation. And so in that moment, um, in that moment of deep sorrow, we were all called to prayer for all of the world, all of us, who um, those who, who will be crushed by this, and of course, those who could care less. And so this podcast today, um, 
is simply about us sharing our sorrow and sharing our hurt and us having an opportunity for, for this question of what do we do now? What do we do now? Those of us who are, are practicing Catholics, who are, draw our strength from the Eucharist, from receiving our Lord and his body and blood, we are standing here going, now what? Now what do we do with the rest of the season of Lent, right? And so that's what this podcast is about today, for us to spend some time reflecting on that, spend some time regrouping, and of course, not saying all hope is lost. I, I hope that's not what I'm relaying to you through my tears. This is not to say this is a terrible situation and let's lose faith and let's let's panic and let's fear. Absolutely not. But it is okay to feel sorrow in this time. It's totally okay to feel sorrow in this time. And I'm looking in my office right now. I received a beautiful print for, for Christmas um, as a Christmas gift from my parents. And the print is called Return from Calvary. I encourage you to Google that, Return from Calvary. It's this image of the Blessed Mother with John and with who's probably Mary Magdalene, I'm assuming, in the picture. And it's after the Lord Jesus was crucified, after he was taken down, and it's their return from Calvary. So you can see our Blessed Mother not being able to stand on her own, her resting in herself in John's arms or her head down in sorrow, and John looking back and you can see in the back corner of the print, you can see Calvary in the th- and you can see the crosses hanging there. And it's this idea, it just takes you into the Blessed Mother's sorrow after this time, after this time that the Lord was removed from her, right? And is that not exactly what we are suffering right now? This time that the Lord has been removed from us. We are in the desert, my friends, whether we wanted to go there or not. And this is just the reality of the situation we're in right now. And so we can look to our Blessed Mother in this time of deep sorrow, and we can look to her to be our strength because she has experienced this as well. And here I have already talked to you for almost seven minutes of this podcast, um, crying through half of that without even opening with, with what I really wanted to open with today, which is scripture, reminding us to be hopeful, giving us a, a message of hope and faith and what we need to do now that we have found ourselves, um, not by any of our own um, fault or any of our own, you know, but this is just where we have found ourselves, okay? So anyway, let's put ourselves in the presence of God. Let's open with prayer. Let's open with scripture. This is from Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 through 10. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in human beings, who makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a barren bush in the wasteland that enjoys no change of season, but stands in lava beds in the wilderness, a land salty and uninhabited. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. The Lord will be their trust. They are like a tree planted beside the waters that stretches out its roots to the stream. It does not fear heat when it comes. Its leaves stay green. In the year of drought, it shows no distress, but still produces fruit. More torturous than anything is the human heart. Beyond remedy, who can understand it? I, the Lord, explore the mind and test the heart, giving to all according to their ways, according to the fruit of their deeds. Yesterday, as I was still mourning this and processing what just happened with the loss of all of our masses, this is the scripture that kept coming to my mind. 
This is what the Lord kept imprinting on me and placing on my heart. This idea that we need to become like trees that are planted beside the waters, right? That stretches out its roots to the stream. That doesn't fear when heat comes because its leaves stay green. And in the year of drought shows no distress, but still produces fruit. This is particularly what was striking me yesterday. In the year of drought, it shows no distress, but still produces fruit. We are in a time of drought, a time that we are being forced to be separated from the nourishment of our souls, from the food that is the food for our souls, right? Excuse me. We are, we are being forced into this, this, this famine of our souls, right? That we can no longer feed on him or drink of his blood. But the Lord tells us through the prophet Jeremiah not to fear this time. It's less than ideal. It's incredibly imperfect. His heart is breaking with ours. You think this isn't paining him to be separated from us? That's why he gave us himself in the Eucharist, because he longs for us to feed on him. So this is painting him more than it's even hurting our hearts. And yet he tells us right here through the prophet Jeremiah, do not fear even this time, even this time of drought, right? You are planted near the stream. Stretch out your roots. And not only is there no reason to fear, you will even bear fruit. You will even bear fruit during this time of drought. So this is the message that I want to relay to you today that we become like these trees who are planted near the running waters, who stretch out our roots, even in this time of drought, and who trust that God is with us, and who trust that he is in our hearts, that he is present with us, and that our, this time, even this painful time of separation from him, can be a time that bears great fruit, not only in our own spiritual lives, but who knows, who knows how God has this all worked out for all of us as a church in his, in his plan of divine providence. Who knows? Okay. So in the year of drought, it shows no distress, but still produces fruit. All right. So hypothetically, I was asked the question a couple years ago from that same priest friend of mine that I, I shared with you. I was um, with on yesterday afternoon when we got this news. He, I first hypothetically asked him, Father Sean, what would you do? If, you know, you couldn't be with the Eucharist for an extended period of time. Um, And he shared it a little bit. And then he just said, well, you know what? I'm a priest, (laughs) so I can really make it happen, you know? Um, So then he turned the question to me. He said, what would you do? What would you do? And I looked at that. I turned to that question and I said, well, certainly it would be a time of deep sorrow. But if it came to that, because you know this isn't the first time people have been separated from the Lord and the Holy Eucharist in the history of the church. You know, we aren't the first to experience this. It has happened in times of war, in times of persecution. This has happened before. And so our brothers and sisters who have gone before us have experienced this. Saints in heaven interceding our, on our behalf have experienced this, who know what we're feeling. And so I said, well, it was with, with deep sorrow that I would do my best to stick to my my life of prayer and where I would trust that the Lord would come into my heart through spiritual communion. And of course, you've seen those prayers, you have those prayers. And so I encourage you, first and foremost, during this time of drought, 
How do we remain the tree that's near running water? Stick to your routine of participating in the holy sacrifice of the mass as best as you can from your home. All sorts of places are streaming it right now. Your own parish priest might start streaming it. Of course, you can find it on EWTN. It's You can find feeds of the Mass. And so don't just play it in your living room while you're doing the dishes. Play it in your living room and participate in the Mass. You stand up when you stand up. You sit when you sit. You kneel when you kneel. If children are in the room, encourage them to be respectful, just like you would encourage them if you are actually having Mass in the church. And then when the time for communion comes, you pray a spiritual communion, and you trust that the Lord will enter into your heart. And you do that, yes, on Sunday, on Holy Day, right? You do that. And then if you were in the routine of going to Mass daily, you do it daily. And even if you weren't in the routine of going to Mass daily, perhaps now more than ever, we should offer more of that and participate more in the Holy Mass. And so we continue with that from home. I understand it's not the same. I understand that we're not receiving him. We're not touching him. We're not feeling him. We're not tasting him. But we must trust in this type of doubt that he is penetrating our hearts in this spiritual communion. And so first and foremost, stay connected and worshiping him in your domestic family, in your home, by watching the Holy Mass and by participating in it, okay? Not just sitting and watching it or somewhat listening, but participating in it like you would in the pews, okay? Also, your routine of prayer, your morning prayer, your evening prayer, being with the Blessed Mother, if you've had your home shrine dedicated, in this movement we have such a special gift right now that's been given to us because heaven touches earth in our home shrines. And so we have these places in our homes that we can go to and pray, right? And so please, please, please continue to do that, if not even more so right? Even more so coming to the shrine, coming and praying our morning prayer, evening prayers, maybe praying rosaries together as a family, maybe praying at the Divine Mercy Chaplet together as a family, maybe praying the Stations of the Cross, you know, that has even been canceled in, in public ways, but that does not mean that you can't pray the Stations of the Cross in your own home, right? And I'm certain you can find those online too, those on YouTube. In fact, I think Bishop Robert Barron has something out there where you can pray with him, the Stations of the Cross, and there's video with that. So just go find it. It's out there, okay? And you can pray all these things from our home, from the domestic church, from our home. And I believe this is what the Lord is asking us to do right now, right? To, be, to, to turn our homes into little convents and little monasteries, right? Where we're focused on him. And that's how we will be these trees that are planted near, near these running streams that will bear fruit even in this time of drought, right? Notice what the scripture says. It doesn't say the tree will survive during this time of drought. It says the tree, even in this time of drought, will bear fruit. My friends, the Lord will still bear through fruit through all of us. He will. He's so much bigger than all of this. We have to understand that, okay? And so we turn our homes into this place of prayer, right? We are the domestic church, and this is the time the Lord is asking us to do that. And we can continue with all of our Lenten prayers and all of this Lenten sacrifices in a way like we never imagined, right? I read a post the other day that was it was just a dry sense of humor post. It was meant to be funny, but it just simply said, I had not planned on giving up this much for Lent. <laughs> and none of us did, did we? Absolutely not. We didn't plan on any of this. Um, and yet these are the cards. This is the hand we've been dealt. 
felt. And so let's embrace it. I think if you go back and you listen to my podcast from last month, um, the Shunstop podcast from February, um, which is called At the Foot of the Cross, I think you will find perhaps inspiration from that as well. I can't remember everything that I said, please. I can't remember what I said yesterday, let alone what I said a month ago. Um, but I think it was along these lines, right, of embracing the suffering that that finds us. And in a real way, I feel like that's what the Lord is asking us to do, to embrace the suffering that has that has found us in ways unimagined this season of Lent, right? Okay, so to become this tree that's planted near running waters, that doesn't just survive during times of drought, but thrives and bears fruit during the time of drought. It's totally okay to be sorrowful right now. It's totally okay to feel the pain of this separation. Please, you don't have to you don't have to just wash that away and just say, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It is a big deal. It is, and it's okay to be sorrowful. And yet the Lord calls us to something more. He calls us to something deeper. And we can look to our blessed mother, who was separated from her son, like I already mentioned, of course, after he died, right, and was in the tomb, and there was that physical separation for those three days before he rose. But then in another real way, let's look at the Blessed Mother's life, another sorrow of hers that we don't think about often with her, this this time of separation for her. How about the time from the ascension, our Lord's ascension into heaven, to the assumption, her assumption into heaven with him, that period of time where the Lord let her here on earth, right? That he, he ascended into heaven, body and soul, and that she remained here with the apostles in the, in the first, as, as the church was being built, right? That she remained here. Do you not think that that time of separation was agonizing for her? Of course it was, right? From the moment of his conception, her son, and her shared this bond like no other. And they weren't separated. They weren't, I mean, he was out in his public ministry. There were times of separation, but they were not separated in the way that they were separated after, between that time, between his ascension and her assumption. And so I think we can spend some time reflecting on that as well, reflecting on the sorrow that must have been in her heart at that time to be separated from her son to remain here on earth in this place of exile as her son was uh, had ascended into heaven. And I think we can look at that as another source of strength for us to say she knows what that's like. She knows what that's like to not have him in a very real way in his presence, in his body. And so we can look to her for our own strength, for our own inspiration. And yet she remained here in, my, in the heart of the disciples, in the heart of the growing of this church as the Holy Spirit was, was sending the disciples out and was growing this church because she knew it was God's will, right? She couldn't fight against it. She wouldn't have wanted to even if she could have. She knew it was God's will. And so she remained silently, prayerfully, offering her sufferings back to him, right? And so we at this time are asked, I think, in a very powerful, profound way to do the same. That we take these sufferings, that we recognize that this is a true sorrow to be separated from the Mass. We recognize that God is still very much with us, and that even in our sorrow, 
it can be it can bear great fruit for him and that we can become like this tree that Jeremiah tells us about like this tree that is planted near what running waters that even during a time of drought doesn't fear and that bears great fruit and so my friends with that may the lord be with us in powerful ways during the remainder of this lent as we feel the pain of this separation as we feel the pain of not being able to feed on his body and on his blood May we increase our efforts tenfold to pray and to turn our homes into the domestic churches that they are meant to be. May we pray morning, noon, and night. May we we participate in the Holy Mass in our homes and, and receive spiritual communion and trust that the Lord is entering our hearts when we do. May our lives, even in this time of drought, bear great fruit for the kingdom of God. If you need to talk about any of this, if you need to process your emotions, if you have something you need to vent about or get off your chest, please reach out to me. Send me an email and I can connect with you. We can talk via phone. Um, You know, who knows if we'll actually be able to get together face to face, but I'm here for you and I'm praying for you. And together, we will not only survive this, we will bear great fruit. Okay? All right, let's go ahead and close with prayer. Um, I want to close with the prayer of thanksgiving because the lord gives and the lord takes away blessed be the name of the lord make sense let us offer our hearts in thanksgiving to our god right now praying together the words that father kentonick has given us in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen with heartfelt love i thank you mother dear with you to guide me i need have no fear when all around seemed dark and drear and gray, you stood as a beacon for a brighter day. Your smile illumined every wakeful hour. You did uphold me with your gentle power. Thanks, a thousand thanks to you. To God shall be now and for all eternity. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.